Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your info, stats, news, and scores. They got all your NBA playoffs action ready for you right now. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to BetOnline.ag. They got all your betting info, live betting options, and your favorite casino and card games. And you can sign up today. If you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, then you will receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's only at BetOnline where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the pod. Thank you for listening to us on the Believe Sports Network or maybe watching us right now on Sports Talk Chicago. It's a Cubs 40 game check-in right now. The Chicago Cubs are 19 and 22. A bit on the skids right now, but let's take the pulse of the team and maybe where they're going. Moving forward by Cubs consigliaries in no particular order. Let's bring up first off Sean Graves. What's up, Sean? How's it going, guys? How's it going? Are we all uh we all hanging in there? We're having slow sips of scotch every night before bed after watching another brilliant performance by Michael Fulmer. I thought I could say law and order. Is that what we're doing right now? Sounds like you've been uh, you've been in the David Ross dungeon because he's been whipping you with his Michael Fulmer fetish that oh. he can't seem to shake for whatever reasons. We're gonna get oh. into that in a second. Uh, but let's bring in our other Cubs consigliere. Uh, he's the hash brown himself. It's Dom Fortini. What's up, Dom? I just you know what I love watching Cubs games, except when they're on Apple TV because I can't watch them. Then stop putting these games on Apple TV. Or maybe on say. maybe on Peacock in a couple <laughs> of weeks. Yeah. The peacock, I'm sure. Come on, man! I love. I pay. <laughs> I pay nine and a half dollars a month for this regional sports fee. At least give me what you're telling me you're going to give me. Simulcast it on those other stations. What are we doing? <laughs> I have a I have a four hour <laughs> channel surfing rant that I can no <laughs> longer channel up. surf my sports anymore. Where I can't watch the Cubs, <laughs> Temple of Doom. Bar rescue and something else all at the same time without shut commercials. Can't shut it down. But shut that's for another down. day. That's for another I'm day. Out of here. Um, so what I like to do every single season, and we've been doing it now the last. This is our fourth season together, talking Chicago Cubs here on Bet on Chicago. Is I like to check in around forty games. I don't think forty games gives you every single answer, but it does bring a lot of stuff to the surface, whether positive or negative. And for the Chicago Cubs, who got off to a strong start, kind of hit the skids a little bit lately. They're now nineteen and twenty-two. You know, they've kind of let a couple of games they could have won slip through their fingers a little bit. And honestly, I want to hear your guys' opinion, but I'm going to kind of go first where I think when we got together in the preseason, I think a lot of us said 77-78. I think I went 80 wins for the Chicago Cubs team. And this looks just like it, ladies and gentlemen. It's an average baseball team. And when you say average at the beginning of the year, you're like, you know, 500. That sounds kind of fun. It's exciting. You're going to win just as much as you're going to lose. Well, guess what? It can be an incredibly frustrating experience on the day in and on the day out. And that's what the Chicago Cubs team is showing. Having trouble kind of like winning some series now. You know, they are doing a good job of stemming off losing streaks, but they can't really build a lot of winning streaks right now. And now they're three games under 500. Still in the mix in the NL Central, but again, a lot of question marks. So, Sean, uh, hit it off first. You know, what is your take on this 19-22 and 22 Cubs team so far? It, I, I, the emotions of the last like six weeks have been crazy because like you said, if you had told me before the season started, this was their record. I'd probably be what you just said. It seems about right. But then you get off hot and you're like, wait a minute, we're catching the ball. We're pitching. The offense looks better. We're coming up to a weak part of the schedule. It's a shitty division. We're going to be great. And then we get swept by the Marlins and we lose three out of four to the nationals. And we lose two out of three to the shitbirds from St. Louis. 
And then I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. We should not be, we should not be this bad of the last three weeks. We should not be this bad losing to these teams. And we'll get into the deeper numbers of why it's happening in a minute, but it's been way too much of a roller coaster. And they teased us, Joey. They teased us with that first, that 10, 15, 20 game, five and one West coast. Dansby Swanson was hitting 500 and we thought it would, we thought it would never end. Dom, uh, Dom hop in so far. What is your take on this 19 and 22 Cubs team so far? They could not be more frustrating every single day. You're totally right. And you know, like you're, you're in a great mood. You're going to sit down and you're like, here we go. You've got the advantage tonight. This should be quick. And all of a sudden things are not going quick. And, and I mean, there hasn't been, they just felt different. Like, like Sean said, they're coming off the West coast trip and you're like, bring this group on and nothing laid an egg zero. You didn't make any, you didn't make up any ground. You didn't move where you needed to. And everything's going downhill. That's not good. Especially early on where you kind of got the whiff a little bit that this team was going to be a strong home team. We're okay. Maybe we yeah. struggle a little bit on the road here and there, but when we come home for that home cooking, the Stroh show Wrigley field that they were going to play a little bit better. But even in the last couple of weeks, that's kind of fallen off the map a little bit. You don't really, you're not really sure which team you're going to get on a day-to-day -day basis. And we're taping this right now after, you know, they, they come out last night and look, Tyon, we can get into that a little bit later. Preseason prediction. That's not looking great for me right now. <laughs> okay, uh, me but just, well, but Dom, you had the Stroh show. You had the Stroh show. So you're looking pretty good on that front right now. But obviously he struggles again in his start. Chris Morrell ties the game at 4-4. They end up losing 6-4. It's kind of been a similar formula a little bit of the Cubs getting about three or four runs a game. And then somehow when things get a little bit tight, that bullpen just can't lock it down just enough. So before we start diving into the numbers, there is a bigger topic a little bit that I want to bring up to you guys where it also feels like when a team is 19 and 22 like this, and we watched almost every single game of these guys, is that, again, this team is lacking star power. And I'm not saying star power, hey, come out to the ballpark to see X or Y player, but look no further than we don't have a dominant closer. A guy that maybe when the game's a little bit bumpy, he's going to come in and at least get us those extra innings or get those final three outs to get us a win that maybe we shouldn't have. We don't necessarily have Bellinger's been great. You know, Swanson's been fine. I think Ian Happ's been great. But yeah. guess what, guys? Ian Happ is not a number three hitter. And that's what the Chicago T Cubs team is right now, is it kind of has guys in roles that they don't necessarily should be in, even if they are having a success the makeup of that player isn't exactly conducive to where they should be. And they're just missing that big bat, that dominant closer. Look, Justin Steele has looked like an ace, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong at all. But again, even the, you know, the starting rotation has been a little bit thinner, a lot of the sameness, a little bit. Six innings, four runs type of baseball. And this is kind of what you're getting a little bit. You know, Dom, do you kind of see what I'm saying a little bit? And, I, I, and it, the team is what it is. It is what it is right now. And I don't know where that's going to come from, but it is missing that star power to take it to another level. You definitely struck a nerve. Not, okay, so just rolling through the roster, none of these guys would be the star talent on any other team. They're not the biggest star on that team. But here, Dansby Swanson, Eric Hosmer, like we're asking them to, I don't know, like Co Cody Bellinger, we're asking them to do too much already and be what we want them to be, but it, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit right. These are all like B plus players at best. And maybe they don't, if you're the front office, this, this team 
doesn't deserve an elite closer. Why go out and spend the money on an elite closer when you can get a guy who may or may not be here at the end of the year, at next year? Who cares? They know this is a 500 team at best. So why go out and spend that money? I'll save that money for another day. I, I, you know, it's the same could be said for a superstar right now. Does this team deserve a superstar? No. Would I still love one from the West Coast? You bet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That would be some star power. And, and you can that revolve be... the universe around that. And this won't be the last conversation that we have regarding that. And I think what you're saying is perfect, right? B plus, right? The Chicago Cubs are this year's version of the movie Broken Arrow from the 1990s with Christian (laughs) Slater, John Travolta, Howie Long. Look, we all know those guys aren't going to win any Oscars, right? But when you watch it, you go, you know what? This is actually kind of entertaining. (laughs) It's not winning winning any awards right here. The movie is what it is. It has its own ceiling, and that's where it's at. Sean, just hop in on just this is where this team is at. And then the ceiling, I can already see the ceiling, unfortunately, kind of being lowered a little bit on this team just because of that lack of star power or difference makers on the team right now. I mean, the the only thing I'll say to, like, contradict Dom a bit is that while I do, I get what you're saying. If you look at where they are in the division you play in, that that one star player, that could literally be the difference of you're finishing third in a shit division, or you're finishing first and you're in the playoffs. And we all know when you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, right? Like, isn't that what we've had Hoyer and 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 Theo preach to us over the years? Is like just just keep giving yourself a chance to get into the playoffs. If you get in, who knows what can happen on, on any given series, right? So that's where having that star player can come in. And I, I don't think it's just that we're missing that star player or two. I think it's also that the guys on this current team, a few of them that we expect to kind of be star players, hello, Seiya Suzuki, I'm staring right at you, are not performing up to what the front office and we as fans expected them to do. And look, I'm going to bring up the thing that I texted to you guys the other day. And, and you're so right about Seiya Suzuki. And look, I, ho- I hope you I- clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do the best I possibly can. But, <laughs> but no, you're right. Like, Dansby Swanson, to this point, you know, I had, some, I had some worries a little bit about Dansby Swanson. And look, the guy strikes out a ton still. But, you know, the average is kind of held at bay. The defense has been fantastic. Um, has he hit as consistently as I wanted him to? No, but you know what? I can't say that I'm disappointed with Dansby Swanson. And the Seiya Suzuki thing, look, I, I can say I am disappointed with Seiya, but I think he's got a little bit more in him, and obviously he had the yeah. oblique injury. But I just think it is so funny, and I said this to you guys the other day, that I just have to kind of laugh a little bit that when Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer over the offseason get on their soapbox and grandstand about why they don't pay Three hundred and four hundred million dollar <laughs> contracts out to players because it's not intelligent spending. It's not the smart thing to do. Instead, what they sell you on is that we're going to spend two hundred seventy seven million on Seiya Suzuki and Dansby Swanson, and these guys right now are combined for I think about four home runs and about twenty RBIs combined right now. Right? Yeah. And there, there's the tech. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I just think it's I think it's funny. Look, I like both players, but it is kind of like, Sean, it's a really interesting way to kind of turn the words and the narrative to get the Cubs fan being like, Oh yeah, like we're smart. We got two we got two for one. Like and look, yeah. Trey Turner's not lighting the world on fire. Xander Bogert's not lighting the world on fire right now. Carlos Correa's hitting a bug ninety two. I get all that, but you just can't tell me right now that we probably would be better off with Trey Turner 
instead of Dansby Swanson plus Seiya Suzuki. I'm sorry. That's just kind of where I'm thinking right now. And, and that's just how these teams kind of like spin this of why they're yeah. not spending big money and spending it in other places. Which, which, terrify, which terrifies me going forward when we start talking about other potential superstars, maybe even one on a certain West Coast team right now. The Cubs are going to come back to us and be like, well, we got four guys that are all instead of that one awesome guy. Yeah. Jamison Tyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Grossman or something. You know, yeah, you're, but you're totally right, though. Like, we're going to go quantity over quality. We're not getting the 75-inch TV. We're going to get a 40-inch TV, but trust me, the picture quality is going to be amazing, Dom. Yeah. It's going to be so good. And that's how they spin it, and that's how we somehow get excited about it. I love my giant TV. I would get the giant TV and the superstar all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're always is going to end up spending more money. And look, again, Cubs fans, let's keep in mind, this is a part of that Shohei Otani conversation, right, as we move forward of like, look, no, we're going to spend it on other places. Yeah. And you know what? And not to, you know, do like a, a, a dalliance on the south side. You know, that's what the White Sox do, right? The White Sox yeah. are like, oh, don't worry. We spend money. We spent $25 million a year on three different relievers. One of them is a jerk who can't stay healthy. The other one is a guy who can't get through <laughs> the eighth inning. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's how you get through it. Instead of buying one really great $25 million player, they spend it on three guys that probably don't deserve the money because you can't develop any, anybody properly. And you just kind of go through it like that. So, real quick. I just want to do biggest surprises, disappointments. You can pick one or the other. We're not going to do one of each. So, Sean, what to you right now is probably your biggest surprise or disappointment player-wise with the Chicago Cubs team? I don't want to say it's – I don't think it's much of a surprise, but, but I, I do love how good Nico's been. I, I mean, uh, that's I, such a great I, call. I, I think that, like, not, not, not only getting on base, but up there and, like, leading – like, close to leading the league in hits before he got hurt – Playing great, great gold glove defense, stealing bases. I think he's big been, RBIs. RBIs, like he's been, he's been probably the best clutch hitter on the team from the leadoff spot. So I think for sure he's my he's my biggest surprise. I mean, biggest disappointment. How I mean, Jamison <laughs> Tyon, Michael Fulmer, the entire bullpen. Maybe Wisniewski's to a to a standpoint, but something in the pitching realm for sure. Dom, biggest uh, surprise and disappointment with Chicago Cubs right now. Man, I don't want to. I, I don't want to piggyback Sean here, but like, I had Nico as. I, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but I, I'm just. I'm so. I was thrilled. I mean, the, I jump in our conversations on the text thread every time multiple hits come into play, and I'm annoying with it, but it's just to show, like, oh my gosh, you put someone who's almost capable of actually hitting in that spot, and they're doing a good job. Things were going well when Nico was getting multiple hits a game when he wasn't injured, but. This has been the knock on Nico the last few years is you will do well. And then you get injured for a couple of months. Then you come back and you, and you do well again, just enough to give us that taste. So um, I was super happy with the success of Nico still. And, and I'm just going to echo Sean. And I, I, I just hope he starts lambasting Michael Fomo because I mean, and I, and I don't know who, who the blame is. Like, is it, is somebody telling David Ross to keep running him out there? Because, because what is, is he, the best choice of the night. Like let's say if you're up three runs, let's go get, let's go get him out of the bullpen. Cause he's going to give up the quick two. You're still in it. And you might, he might get a couple of outs, but he's not getting outs literally the last cup. And, and I hate to say that word, but like I absolutely, without even looking, there's four games within the last month that he has blown 
giving up multiple runs to lose the, like, what are you doing? Stop running them out there in an actual leveraged situation and either give them some more time. You know, they're going to make some roster moves to, to, to move some players. Maybe he needs a minute. Maybe he can't go all these games he's throwing in, but if it's the front office, stop doing it. Look at these numbers that I see. What are you doing? And someone's got to be to blame. It's got to be him. Everything's flat. Nothing looks good. I, Sean is irate every time he comes in, which makes me giggle. And but you you can't have that in your bullpen. It's well. It's I'll, I'll give you a stat: the, the, Cubs, the, the Cubs are twenty eighth in baseball with five saves on the season. They've only had nine chances. So you've blown four of nine. That's pretty much fifty percent. Michael Fulmer came in last night, gets the eight nine hitter, gets to a one two count on the leadoff spot. Goes one two pitch up over the zone, base hit. Bregman comes up, who's hitting about a buck 15. Ball up, gone. Ball game. Now, here's where I'm going to ding David Ross a little bit right here. And the more you listen, he's starting to get dinged a lot more. The day before, it's an 8 1 game. You're losing 8 1. You bring in your best reliever right now, Keegan Thompson, to pitch the fifth and sixth inning in an 8 1 game that's pretty much done. Last night, it's the seventh inning when you need your best reliever and he can't pitch because you pitched him in an 8-1 game the day before. That's dumb. That's dumb, dumb, dumb yeah. baseball. That's that's Dusty Baker uh, 2003 <laughs> stuff right there. Um, so I'm going to save my surprise and disappointment for a second because I want to stay on this because this is an important topic and I do want to get into a little David Rossi right now. In regards to what you're talking about, Sean, I also looked up too as well on MLB.com. They have this thing of uh, – they have these stats when it's late slash close – Late in the game, close game, whether you're up or whether you're down. And we're going to go through some of these stats right now. And look, the Chicago Cubs, in terms of the statistics on the offense and defensive side, offense and pitching side of the ball, they're about as average and middle of the road as a guess. So I was looking for some outliers as to why this team is three games under 500 right now. And I found one in games that are late or close. The Chicago Cubs bullpen is allowing a batting average of 284, which is 28th in the Major League Baseball. Their whip is 1.48, which is 20th, and they've allowed 48 hits and 43 in a third innings late and in close games, which means that when a 500-ish type team has an opportunity to be in every single game and when it's going to come down to that execution part late in the game to come out with a victory, that's where the Cubs are falling short right now. And the David Ross thing is interesting, and Dom, I want you to hop in on it because, yeah, Sean, you were texting about it the other day about, you know, I think people in Chicago are starting to talk a little bit more about in general, is it time to ask ourselves, is David Ross a good manager? We have no idea, right? We had a strike shortened season in 2020 and then they, they kicked the can down the road and shit can this roster the last two years to rebuild. And now we have a team with some money in it that's supposed to try and compete and be that, what do we want to call the, the pre the pregame, the pregame to the next great Cubs run, this is what this season is, is us kind of like getting together for a couple of drinks before we go out to the real party in 2024. That's what this team is supposed to be. And David Ross's feel and tinkering of the bullpen continues right now 40 games into the season, and you guys are mentioning it. With Michael Fulmer, in my opinion, Michael Fulmer feels a little bit like two things, right? Like Michael Fulmer is a guy who had great reliever numbers last year. So for some reason, we continuously think that in Major League Baseball, the reliever is going to be great the very next year, which is the most is the biggest tall tale. Like, you know what I mean? The old wives myth of like, oh, the reliever is going to be great every year. You know, you never know with these guys. And then on top of it, I'm just really curious because him and Tyone, right? 
look, I hope Jameson Tyon ties it, turns it around, right? But all they talked about was his, his peripherals, right? He was like a souped-up Tyler Chatwood of like, well, look, his numbers look like this, but his stuff looks like this, and we know better than you, so we're going to give him a ton of money. And I yeah. still feel like with Michael Fulmer, I still think they look at situation and they look at his numbers from last year, and they think his stuff is going to continue to play, even though everyone on the planet can see how flat that fastball is right now, and it's all that is is belt high. So, you know, Dom, what's your take on David Ross right now, and specifically maybe how he's been trying to maneuver the bullpen? Because with a team like this, that's where you're supposed to set yourself apart as a manager, with those moments to execute those guys and put them in the right spots. Well, to go back to Sean's point earlier, without an elite closer, I mean, we're suffering late in the game, and, and it rears its head in, in that form. But again, maybe management doesn't care, and like, hey, we're going to lose games, so let's just lose 50% of the games and, and deal with that. Uh, as far as David Ross goes, this is going to start getting interesting because I feel like David Ross, look, you're a nice guy. That's awesome. And you're forever going to be who you are in Cubdom and and into to my family personally and your family and Sean's family. But, you know, one of the reasons I thought Ryan Sandberg wasn't hired, who ended up kind of not being a good manager, was because the Cubs didn't want to fire their legend. And you're going to have to, you're going to have, I mean, or he's going to step away, you know, mutual agreement to step away, which we all learned last time was not a mutual agreement to step away with their past manager. Don't but get me started. Here's David Ross is probably a 500 manager, a lot like this team. I don't feel like he's been given all the tools at the same time to the toolbox, but you know, you've made some questionable choices and, and that's going to come back to haunt you. Uh, to, to get back to Sean's recent point in that eight, one game though, I, I did jump in on the text that Keegan stuff was filthy that night and uh -huh. when, when he's on, Oh God, like he, I love watching him. It comes out of his hands so easy. And it, Oh my gosh, the breaking stuff falling off. The table. <laughs> I literally uh, just really quick when I get a text at work and I can't respond right away and I go to look at it and it's you two. I'm like, what did Michael Fulmer do today? Fulmer <laughs> <laughs> wisdom. It's gotta be one of those two things. But I mean, it, it, something's got to happen in this bullpen. You need some fresh blood or something. Michael Fulmer, last 15 days, seven games, five and a two thirds, seven hits, six runs, opponents hitting three Oh four. Is that kind of what you're looking for, for a setup guy? How is that going to play? Well, so, <laughs> and so, well, Sean, but... so, so Sean, again, this is, we're just hammering in on why this is what happens with 500 ish teams. Yeah. And when you get caught in between, right. And we're saying two things at once. And I really wish that they would pick a lane. We're going to play the young guys, right? We want yeah. to grow Keegan Thompson and the Adbert Azalez of the world, but we're trying to win ball games. So we got to use Michael yeah. Fulmer and Boxberger late in these games when instead you could just, you could say, screw it and say, you know what? We're going to give Azalez and Keegan Thompson the seventh, eighth and ninth inning on some combination moving forward. I don't care. We don't use them in any other situation than we use them in tie ball games and in situations when we're winning. And guess what? Boxberger, Fulmer, Assad, Estrada, Brandon Hughes, you guys make up the rest of that mix in the meantime. And maybe there is a situation where that happens with now with Wesneski going down to AAA. Maybe Hendricks comes up and maybe Wesneski becomes that kind of bridge guy for a couple of innings later on in the season if he can kind of get his fastball sort of figured out a little bit. But you know what I'm saying, Sean? Like, they got to pick a lane, yeah. right? Well, You're not going to win with Michael Fulmer in the ninth. It's not going to no, happen. No, and, and this is also where I, and where I wanted Dean Rossi, too, but I don't know how much it comes from, you know, the front office. It's not just the bullpen with me. It's the lineup tinkering, too. I had to watch 
Eric Hosmer come to a bat with bases loaded three times last week in that Cardinal series. I think it was two double play balls and a pop-up or a strike. Why is Eric Hosmer A, in the lineup at all, at, at B, at DH, and C, in the lineup batting around fifth or sixth, where he keeps getting put in spots to go full Jason Hayward and roll over top of one to the second base and we're turning two? Like, what is with the lineup construction? Play Matthew Morrell, play Matt Mervis every day, put the kids in there. And like you said, pick a lane. It's way more important I know what Matt Mervis is than it is what I know Eric Hosmer. We know what Eric Hosmer is. He's done. He's done. Pick a lane. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. Look, I, I think I think we all kind of gave a little golf clap to the Eric Hosmer signing in the offseason just because it was going to be some depth and some guy that a guy that we said, you know what, if Matt Mervis craps the bed early and on. We don't have a Frank Schwindel situation, and at least sure. we have Hosmer for a couple months to sort of get us through a little bit. That's but I'm with way. you now. We've gotten <laughs> to the point now where it's time to move on from him. And and clubhouse chemistry, clubhouse chemistry only gets you so far because now you're three games under 500. You want to compete in this division if you can, and now it turns a little bit more into business more than it comes into camaraderie. You have to try and balance that a little bit, and that's something that the organization has to figure out. And again, I'm sorry, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we gave $100 million to Say Suzuki when we could have just given that to Anthony Rizzo, who's hitting 312 right now. And I'm sorry, guys, he's hitting 25-plus home runs the last couple of years. He seems to be quite fine, guys. If we try to move this era, move forward a little bit, could have given him the money. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but I'm happy. Yeah. Well, and, and 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 also, Eric Hosmer is not that he's not the only veteran in that locker room, right? We don't have twenty five rookies in Eric Hosmer. There's tons of veterans in there now. I'm not worried about team chemistry, nor should they be. A lot of those guys in there between Hap and Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart and Dansby Swanson and and Mancini. These guys have won rings. I'm not worried about Eric Hosmer getting kicked to the curb and them them falling apart because of it. If you're gonna if you're gonna play to win, play to win. Otherwise, put the kids in. If you win with them, great. But if not, you see what you got. It's a delicate a, balance, and that's why we're 500. Go ahead. Just a note of service. Uh, Frank Schwindel playing in Japan right now, hitting 191. Uh, we talked about. <laughs> we talked is about. It a, is it a three, four, five of Addison Russell, Frank Schwindel, and <laughs> Tuffy Rhodes right now? They are, that's a that's tough. That's a tough lineup. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about the season, we were talking more about Ian Happ and Ian Happ. Do you want to hit home runs or do you want to be a good hitter? Pick a lane and go with it. We didn't know that was going to transpire from the hitter into the bullpen. Cause we don't know what, like just set something like you name those five guys, get those five guys in a room and just decide. I don't care. Like figure out a rotation. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to work. And there's not what's going on. Yeah, and to, and uh, on that topic, I think I got on my little horse, my little horsey, and I said, you know, Ian Happ, you have to show us this year, and I think he has, right? And we've given yeah. him that contract extension. I think it was a smart move. It was, I, honestly, I think it was a good deal, Dom. Are you saying otherwise? You saying I'm otherwise? Just saying like, sixty million. I'm just saying, like I, he hasn't answered my questions. The same questions I have with him going into this year, I had last year. Like, what what are you doing? Like, you, he's he's not a three hitter. Move him down. Oh Just, no, he's he's the three hitter for the time that we have now because we for have this team. We yeah. have yeah, we have nobody else right now. Ian Hap is not striking fear in me if I see him coming up in the lineup. He gets no, on base, no. great. But yeah. I mean, we've yeah, got no. a team. 
Yeah. In an ideal world, I actually think he's probably more of a two-hitter, and I think Dansby Swanson's probably more on the 6-7 category if we want to kind of get into that minutiae a little yeah. bit. Um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of my surprises and disappointments real quick, I just want to go with the general surprise of I think a lot of people talked about Cody Bellinger coming into the year. I think it's been completely solid. It's been pleasantly surprising. My biggest surprise in him is that we heard all the stuff about him as a defender, and as we saw last night making that catch, he's a fantastic center yeah. fielder. He is long, he's lanky, covers a ton of ground. And in terms of just him at the plate, like we've seen some of the power, but I think after that one for 15 start, I think he's done a fantastic job of putting together some really impressive at bats at times. He's yeah. stealing bases. He's a good base runner. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, he just kind of reminds me of some of the toolbox that when we enjoyed Chris Bryant on this team, I think he brings some of the things mm. to the table that we enjoyed when Chris Bryant was on the team at that particular time. And my biggest surprise, to be honest with you, and maybe it's not that big of a surprise for your host truly here, Joey Christopoulos, is, you know, not only is Jan Gomes hitting well, but it's kind of funny, right, that Jan Gomes and, and a Tucker Barnhart battery mate – I don't know, all of a sudden our pitching staff is doing a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe our starting rotation is playing a little better. You know, I'm sorry, Michael Fulmer aside, you know, we have some guys that are kind of ascending a little bit and progressing and developing. We don't have necessarily a, a designated hitter behind the plate anymore. I don't need to throw any particular shade at anyone, but to be fair, when they brought Jan Gomes in last year, we said, what the hell are they doing? And yeah. honestly, they clearly did it as kind of this low level we need someone to handle a pitching staff better than what we have currently on the roster right now and that player is no longer on the team he's now down south or handling actually, a pitching roster <laughs> it's worked out then nor is he handling a pitching <laughs> roster yeah. he's literally a dh like you said a dh behind the plate he's literally yeah, yeah. A DH now. yeah. so here here's what we're going to do we're going to dive a little bit deeper now into just some of the offensive metrics of this chicago cubs team right now to give us an idea of are you know are we are we talking out of our butt here? Does this actually reflect with what's going on with Major League Baseball? Sean, you did a little bit of a deep dive. I've got some stats, too, as well to kind of back it up. So let's just kind of go. Um, we're going we're gonna to keep a nice little pace to this, but I do want to yeah. go, if you want, position by position of where we think sure. the Chicago Cubs by position rank right now among the Major Leagues offensively and kind of maybe try and take stock and see, can we get better? Is this what it is? And this is something that the Cubs fans are just going to have to learn to live with. Well, so these are all fan graph projections. It's all kind of based around what the war for the position is and where the Cubs rank. So real quick, where do you guys think first base is? Give me um, a is, this, is this among um, Major League Baseball or among the National League? All Major League. All Major great. League Baseball. Not great. Bottom half, easy. I was going to say 24th. 25th. Second base. Uh, top 12? Top ten. I was going to go ninth. Top 10. Absolutely. Ninth on the spot. Shortstop. Ooh. Shortstop. Uh, oh, oh, uh, middle, uh, I, middle. Yeah, I'm going to go probably eight, like 17. Six, eight best. Oh, okay. eight best. Third base. It, not a lot of shortstops have been playing very well this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, third base, 20, you do have a lot You do have a lot 26. of Nick Magical. You do have a lot of Nick Magical over there. But I want to say that we're probably 12th or 13th. 19th. Oof. Ouch. Catcher. Catcher. This one surprised uh, me a little bit. Top 10. Fifth. 22nd. Oh. oh, ouch, Tucker. No, Laura. Tucker, no. Oh, no love. Uh, our boy, uh, uh, left field, so basically our boy Ian Happ. Oh, man, I don't know. His war is probably pretty good, so I want to give top him a 13. top 12. Yeah, 11. I'm going to say 11. Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Fifth. Center, center field. So basically Seventh. our boy. A little lower. Uh, a little lower. Fourteen. Uh, yeah. 14. 14. Okay. This is one that surprised me, right field. 
Oh, you were complaining about this earlier. Uh, How is it not like 29th? <laughs> 22nd. Six. Six this is the war in right field. This one surprised you too. The, the starting pitching, the rotation, the war. Uh, um, starting pitching, gosh. I mean, it's got to be pretty. I'm going to go sixth. 21st. Oh, okay. It's falling off a cliff. It's falling. But now this one, bullpen. Oh, I mean, God, 30th, 29. Well, no, it can't be 30th. <laughs> can't be 30th because the A's and the White Sox are still playing Major League Baseball on a daily basis. So I'm going to go like 26th. 20, 23rd. And then lastly, the last one I have for you, our DH. DH, which is supposed to be a oh, hitter's no. position. That can't be good. David Ross and the lineup, the DH. We've been doing Hosmer there, Hosmer Master Boney there. I mean, this has not been good. 27. 27. We're 27th, the DH. Let the pitchers what are hit. We doing? I told I got, you to let them hit. And over, I got off and overall, to and overall the, the the total team war for everything they put it all together. They have us at twenty first mm. at twenty five point six, only behind the Brewers and Cardinals in our division. Yeah, I got off to a hot start there, uh, and I after the Oakland A's series, I kind of fell off on my predictions on that thing there. So look, I, let's just keep kind of the the stats coming to continue to illustrate what we're talking about a little bit. You know, I just looked up some of the generals, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, after the first couple of weeks, the Chicago Cubs were the best offense in baseball. Yeah. They were on the top in a lot of different categories. Of course, they've fallen off. So still, the Cubs right now uh, among Major League Baseball teams in OPS, they're seventh. Batting average, they're fifth. Home runs, they're 11th. Stolen bases, they're 6th. On base percentage, they're 3rd. Doubles, though, only 19th. Strikeouts uh, strikeouts total, 13th average. And the other one is the bat bip is 3rd in Major League Baseball, still at 323. And if anyone that's batted balls in play, anything over 270, 275, usually means that you're kind of getting a little lucky. And 323, 3rd yeah. best in the Major Leagues, continues to kind of say maybe we're in for a little bit more regression. Um with two strikes, they're actually the second best hitting baseball team in the major leagues at hitting a 202 with two strikes. Runners in scoring position, kind of surprised here. They're 11th in major league baseball, 17th in OPS. So look, not terrible, not great. Um, in games that they win, they're hitting 316. In games that they lose, they're hitting 216, which is only 13th best in major league baseball. In games that you lose, the best major league baseball team's hitting 247. So nothing crazy there. But kind of what this illustrates is a little bit is that this 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 offense, I think, has gone a little bit better than we've expected, and yet it is still average. That's yeah. what worries me, Dom. Like that's what worries me the most is that we've played a little bit better than we've expected, and yet it's still kind of in that average category a little bit. And look, the part about it is the doubles only being nineteenth in doubles seems crazy, right? Because I think this was the type of team that we thought was not going to hit a lot of home runs, and if anything, was going to maybe hit some doubles. And that doesn't really seem to be happening. And that kind of goes back a little bit to hard hit rate for me. Well, but Don, before you, Don, before you answer, let me give you one more stat on top of that, Joey. Cubs are plus 27 in run differential. That's seventh best in all of baseball. And that's with us getting killed, what, 16 to three on Sunday? Last that couple is, days, yeah. That is the first best in our division. And it's not even close. Second best is the Pirates at plus seven. And we're still sitting here below 500. Patrick Wisdom, 50 strikeouts. Dansby Swanson, 42 strikeouts. Cody Bellinger, 31. Like, these are guys, those guys could hit right in a row. Like, yeah. what do we do? I mean, I, I took a screenshot of the eighth inning the other day because it was it was over in a hurry. Three strikeouts. And I, there's, I don't feel a lot of production on the bottom of the lineup. Jan Gomes is on a hot streak for him. 
clearly the 300 average is going to fall back to earth, but there's nothing coming out of that bottom of that lineup to roll it over for guys. Your fourth and runners in scoring position, 266. That's not the worst. That's halfway decent. You want to be there, but it's frustrating. This and it all, it's all circular that it's a 500 team at best. This is the way it's going to go, and it's going to be horribly frustrating. And, and look, I, you know, everyone's going to go back and say, well, they spent $300 million in the offseason. But, Sean, I mean, are we kind of also sort of am- angling towards a little bit that I like a lot of the pieces on this team. I think it's fair to say that there are a lot of pieces on this team that I want to see on the team next year that I think can be successful, yeah. productive players. But this is a Cubs lineup that does not have its three, four, five hitters of the future on the team right now. Maybe, maybe you can see Seiya becoming that fifth hitter in that combination, right? But that three, four, five right now, we don't actually have those players in this lineup right now. And some of that comes back to, I'm sorry, spending big money in the off season to bring in proven productive players. Well, yeah. I mean, and it all goes back to, to come back full circle to how we started the podcast, right? We're, we're still missing the dudes for the most part. And because of that, the dudes that we do have are pitching in spots they shouldn't be pitching in. They're hitting in spots in the lineup they shouldn't be hitting in. And it's all feeding into a lot of moments that are costing us games, especially late. And it's why we're sitting third in the division, four games below 500, ready to pull our hair out. We can say a lot of positive things about this Cubs team, but every single positive thing that we say about this team has a big, giant butt, a big Sir Mix-a-Lot butt following it right afterwards right the starting rotations looked really good this year but the bullpen is in shambles the offense there's actually a couple pieces that i really like but who are the main core guys that you have really truly moving forward that are actually offensive pieces that are going to be productive to carry you on days when maybe you're not playing your best because i'm sorry i don't think any of us ever thought that was going to be nansby swanson we don't know what's going to happen to bellinger in the future and say uh Man, I, I don't know. Slow starter. Tom, Slow starter. Tom, I don't know about Saya right now. It, I, I want to say, you know, maybe it's the oblique that he still is just worried about turning it loose. This was, again, another big theory. I don't know why I'm playing a Chris Bryant drinking game, but a big theory about it was that when he hurt his shoulder and he denied to get surgery on that shoulder, he literally just changed his swing. He changed his swing, and therefore – it usurped about 25% of his power, and that's the Chris Bryant that you have now today. I feel like Say is kind of playing that same game a little bit of, I don't want to pull this thing again, so I can't swing as hard as I need to. Therefore, I'm a cleanup hitter who hits only singles. I don't need, yeah. him, to, I don't need him to do that. I just need to move him in the lineup then. Just move him down. There's no reason he should be hitting cleanup. If you, don't, don't swing hard. I don't need you to swing hard. That's not what got you here. That swing that Chris Bryant had is what got him in the major leagues. What is he hitting? 300 now? So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, I'm, you know, at least going to hit one home run at Coors Field this year, God willing. But he's got it's, a couple. It's, 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 this team is just going to be this team. Surprise, Drew Smiley holding this pitching staff together. Well, I mean, having people guessing in a rocking chair every start, speeding up, slowing down, you know, typical Drew Smiley. And we thought we'd be lucky if we saw eight to 10 wins out of him he's the best pitcher on the staff uh let's hit a little uh, let's hit a couple lightning round topics here before we get out of here um just quick first blush thoughts sean i want both of you guys to weigh in uh your your vibes on uh, matt mervis right now and what you've liked and what you've seen from him so far i think he looks like a rookie 
I think he looks yeah. like a rookie seeing seeing this kind of pitching for the first time. And again, play him. Just play him every day. I don't care if it's a versus lefty versus. I know you got to give him probably a, a breather once a week. I don't need to see Hosmer or Mancini at first base. Run him out there every day. Let the kid. Let's see what he can do. Dom, that was my. That was on. My, as soon as you asked, Mervis, play him. Just play him. Yeah, I've play seen. Him. I've seen enough not to send him down. So better play him. Yeah, bumps in the road, right? But what he hit that two-run single thing against the Twins. What was it the other uh, like yeah. last weekend? And that's exactly why you have him up. That's why you called him up in the first place. And honestly, whatever valleys that you're going to have with him, does Eric Hosmer give you that same factor in that moment oh. right there? No. So if you're getting a couple of extra pops here and there, the guy's hitting the ball hard. Um, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, again, a guy we kind of highlighted a little bit um, in the preseason. They just sent him down. Uh, Dom, your thoughts on Hayden Wisniewski? Well, I know Sean's disappointed, but he you know, started off great. Looked like a lot of – I love watching younger guys get ahead as in you're ahead of the game, which is why I thought early success was happening to him. But the more he started throwing, the more he started to come back to earth. You get a book on some people, he starts missing some spots and, and, you know, he's going to get behind in the count. And this is when you have problems. And he did. Um, Do I like his stuff? Sure. Does he have major league stuff? Absolutely. Uh, Is he doing well right now? No, but he'll be back. He's not going to go far. Like Sean said, maybe he's not a starter. Maybe he's a, a strong contender for either those middle innings for a couple innings, or, you know, maybe he's a closer eventually. Yeah. Sean hop in. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing with Nesky is right. Like he got killed by the twins on Sunday, but before that, the guy had three straight starts. We gave up one run a start. Like, is, is, is that, is that bad now? You know what I mean? Like, you, you he's really Cal- had two. He's had two bad starts this year. Just, yeah. Right. You think Cal Hendricks isn't going to come back here? And have two of those a month when he leaves the changeup. But it's going to happen. Like for me, I, I said it the first couple of weeks when West Nesky was struggling. Like someone take the Red Bull out of his hand before it starts. He's so freaking juiced up when he comes in the mound. Like I think that's what he has to learn is to harness that energy ahead of time. I think that because remember the first few starts, it was the first inning. The kid would go out there in the first inning, every inning, one first inning, one run, two runs. He's immediately in trouble. Let him continue to learn. He's proved at the end of last year. He proved it in spring training. He deserves to be in the rotation. Um, I agree with you. I think he'll definitely be back at some point. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, obviously it's a long season. Injuries happen. Sure. Uh, ineffectiveness also happens. The Drew Smiley. You know, is yeah. there a midnight clock? Uh, is there a, is there a pumpkin <laughs> on the Drew Smiley experience this year? We'll Mid July. <laughs> I, I was I was a little surprised that, you know, obviously when you hear him in interviews. Um, he's incredibly analytical. He thinks about things so seriously that Sean, I'm with you that maybe he takes things a little bit too seriously yeah. where he's gripping the rope a little bit too tight. Yeah. And they ran a stat before his last start where actually his slider, he was using his slider the third most out of all of his pitches. He was Next using his fastball, his fastball and his cover. Yeah. Cutter. So in my opinion, that means that if he doesn't have the feel for his slider, he's not going to use it and he doesn't feel confident with it. Therefore he's going to continue to get in trouble because his fastball doesn't really play um, without that sweeper kind of diving out of the zone a little bit, you yeah. want to see him almost at a 25 to 30% rate of using that slider. And if it's at 12%, maybe go down there, refine it a little bit, come back and bring it up. So I still have high hopes for him too as well. Um, but it looked like he lost confidence in his best pitch. And if you can't use your best pitch, you are going to get in trouble and you're going to struggle at times. Yeah. Um, so my here, maybe my final one for you. Um, when Nico Horner is healthy, where should Chris Morrell hit in the lineup? Sean, you want to go first? Oh, man, that kid just 
obliterates the baseball when he hits it. The I swing know. looks good. I he mean, looks look, so much quieter look, up there. Look, look, here's my thing, right? Okay, I get that the kid is going to strike out 30% of the time. So is Patrick Wisdom. So was half the guys on the team. But when Chris Morrell actually makes contact with the ball, it goes to the next state. He gives you a chance. He's the guy, like last night, that gives you the chance of hitting that three-run home run. Do I think that, like, on an ideal team, the, the kid should be batting three, four, five? No. But on this team, I think he has to be somewhere in that range, right? I've got him at fifth. I think that, he should hit works. fifth. That I works. think Bellinger, Bellinger healthy, should hit cleanup. Hap should hit third. I think you want Morrell in the fifth spot. You're putting a lot of speed out there right now in that three, four, five. Again, he's got that pop in his bat a little bit. Um, and I think it gives a different look to the second half of the lineup where, where yeah. Rossi's had to really like put some weird combinations down there where kind of like a couple of automatic outs in a row, especially when you're playing on the Barnhart days. Um, and I would move, I'd move Saya down the lineup and I'd probably hit Morel fifth. What say you Dom? Uh, fifth is a good spot. I was thinking either, you know, you put him down at the bottom and you can do a Saya eight um, and him ninth. That leads you right into that lineup that, you know, Nico at the top, then into the heart the heart of the order. But again, we're just creating base runners. We're not solving the power problem. Um, and really outside of wisdom, there is none. And I wouldn't even, you know, we got 10 home runs, 12 home runs and 36 He's, games. Like I get it. 12 man. home you, runs. And we have, we have, uh, what is it? We have 49 as a team. You also can't field yeah. worth shit. So 25% of our home runs. Right you now. may as well just ship them off and get something because we need to fix a hole at third. I can't, I can't watch Nick Madrigal anymore. I, I'm done. I like he got thrown out of the plate a week ago and I was livid, livid. What are you doing? Pulling a plow. He's got to go keep. If, if you're going to play these guys, if look, if you want those th future three, four and five hitters to be up here, bring them up here. This and I know Sean's going to get mad, but this team is not going to this 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 team's not going to compete for the division. They're going to hang around. They're going to be like the White Sox last year, and then it's going to fall apart. So let's let's blow it up now. I want to see more at bats from Mervis. I want to see more at bats from the kids. Let's go. Let's just do this because this team is a 500 team. So who cares? Let's just play the people. So that's my final. I'm going to be very interested to see like when we do. The 80 game checkup, which is close to the deadline. What do we do? You know, what are we doing then? Are, are, is, is, I'm is, selling is, today. Is belly on the block? Is wisdom yes. on the block? Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like, are we letting the kids play or are they going to hang on if we're still four games out of first place in the division? Yada, yada. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, as it stands today, I mean, we're, as it stands today, I think we're selling. I'm selling. You know what? And and look, look, I'm usually a person who's like every season is precious. And if you're in it, you got to go for it and all this other kinds of stuff. But man, I, I'm trying to take as broad of a view on this Cubs team as I possibly can. Yeah. We all know on the planet Earth that it's probably not happening for us this year. Yeah. So if you can position yourself in whatever way possible to get a couple more extra pieces and look, we're, we're getting this glut of minor league players that some of them you're going to have to trade some of them that you're going to have to hopefully work out. And some of them aren't going to work out. So you need other guys to come in to hopefully work out to be able to, you know, kind of replenish and make sure that you have depth on your roster. So like my final question honestly was, you know, in a month from now, look, our schedule coming up and forgive me if I'm forgetting a couple of teams here, you know, we're playing the Astros right now. Yeah. Dom, pull it up real quick. 
playing the Astros right now. I know that we got the Rays on the schedule. We play the Giants in San Francisco. We play the Padres in San Diego. Um, it's Phillies. not easy. <clears throat> Phillies this weekend. Mix a little Ray, uh, Reds in there in between. But this next month, if we do a pod 30 days from now, 25, 26 games from now, and let's just spin it like this. I'm not saying where will we be, but if the Cubs are under three games under 500 right now, if the Cubs are one or two games over 500 after that month, is that enough to change your tune and maybe become a buyer at the trade deadline? No. This team's not going to win the World Series. It's not. It's yeah. not going to, this bullpen is not going to allow that to happen. Um, look, you might have a nice stretch, but, and look at the Cubs manhandled the Dodgers like they were nothing. And the Dodgers are just running away now. It's just, you know, you, it depends on, it depends on how you get these teams and it, but it's really true. I mean, we could face a Pittsburgh team that's red hot and <laughs> I just, I don't feel that in my bones. I feel, but this team is not going to beat up on teams that they should when they should, because they're not a good team. Yeah, Sean. I mean, if there are a couple games over 500 in a month, does it change your tune? Does it get, does your cup get more full or, you know, are we still kind of well, just, I, I, still under the mode of this team a little bit is what it is. And, and I think this team's feisty, frisky, entertaining, and I actually do enjoy watching them, but it is a little bit of a, we, we all I, know I, what's I, going on here. I, I, I think that I probably mostly agree with Dominic, but I also, what, what, what message are you sending to your clubhouse in a month from now? If you do, if you, if, like you said, the next 30 days, whatever you go three games over, are you, you are three games over after the fact you're playing great baseball. You're sitting two games out of first in the division. And then, and then you start selling off the best players. What are you telling them? What are you telling the fans? What are you telling the season ticket holders when you're right there? You're right there to potentially, to potentially make the playoffs. And again, especially if you have good pitching, if you have good pitching and you get in the playoffs, anything is possible. Right. I so just, I don't think, and, I don't think they're going to win the world series. I don't think yeah. that, but. And to be fair, this is just a month from now. And obviously the trade yeah. deadlines two months from now. So a month from sure. now, then that that's going to put you into that buy position where I'm probably going to still be more like, I need to see more though. Right. Yeah. I do. Th I do think that like a, a, a month from now, at least, Whereas right now, Jed Hoyer may be thinking, yeah, we're definitely selling. A month from now, if it plays out where all of a sudden they're three games above and they're two games out of first, maybe he has to at least start telling his scouts, like, yeah, we might not be selling depending on how the next two or three weeks go. So make sure we're looking at both sides of the coin here. Players we might want to get, and whether it's a trade to, to get somebody or that we're getting rid of a guy, vice versa. So I think at least a month from now, it can at least pause their way of thinking it and maybe make, make them go from for sure selling to maybe not. And then it'll probably come down to literally the last week before the deadline. Do you think there's players on this roster who think they're going to get a ring this year with the Cubs? Oh, I, no, no I think they're, they're, there's players on this team hoping to get another contract. Here's, yes. here's what I, yeah. here's the message I send to my team. If that happens, I made our team better. I went out and got pieces that we needed. Cody Bellinger is not the piece that we needed. Here are the three other pieces I got. That's going to make us as a whole better. That's my message. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Like this team knows they're not going to win. A lot of these guys won't be back. Some of them are going to be back. And the message to them is we are going to get better for you. Right. And then the question is, if you are in the buy market, yeah, what is it? 
is it it's a close it's a closer or is it match dom would you rather have have a closer would you rather have a closer would you rather have matt chapman Uh, do i lock up how long do i lock this closer up for is it just the rights at the end of the year well i think i think the closer is probably more short term like let's just say then i'm gonna picture in kansas city right now that would be a one-year deal where obviously chapman impending free agent having a good year right now third baseman you that would be something you're saying we're we're locking this guy up i'm not buying at all i I don't want either one of those guys i'm not gonna waste the time there is one free agent i will pursue there is one trade bait i would pursue and that is it otherwise sell 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 and ultimately i i i want to make it clear i i do agree with dominic that we will be selling from the pure standpoint that Let's say you want a closer and it's Chapman. What the Royals are going to want for him, the Cubs are not going to want to give up. They're not going to want to hamper next year in two years and three years from now to potentially maybe sneak into the playoffs this year ultimately. I tell you, though, we'll never know until we give Nick Magical 500 at-bats. I mean, every day at-bats in Kansas City, just give him just give him an everyday slot in the lineup in KC. He can be their new Whit Merrifield. Let him go. I'll drive him. <laughs> Ride with me. <laughs> That's going to do it. That's our Cubs 40 game check in here on Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Thank you so much for my Cubs consigliaries. Joining me here on the pod, as always, Sean Graves, Don Fortini. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll bring you back when we are above 500. And we're talking about Wait, the buyers. Three years market, from now? Maybe. Are we talking <laughs> what year? Let <laughs> me clear the calendar. <laughs> Well, go, for those future odds, make sure you go to betonline.ag. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and when you use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. That's 50% on your first deposit. You can't beat that anywhere else. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, for listening to it. Thank you so much for checking us out on Sports Talk Chicago. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We got more coming either this week or a little bit next week. Uh, I got a movie pod coming. I'm very, very excited about it. It might be a little movie that we like to call in Chicago simply backdraft so make sure you guys come out and check that one out until then uh, we'll be back and remember when it out always bet on chicago thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube